the Legal Hands to the Face podcast with Bill Calarula. What's up, everybody? What's up? Welcome back for another Legal Hands to the Face podcast. The NFL free agency continues, and it has been a roller coaster for Philadelphia Eagles fans. I said a few days ago on the first day that legal tampering started to just relax, just be patient, because we know Howie Roseman is never going to stop. He is never going to try making this team better, and there has been some crazy developments over the last couple of days. Let's get this out of the way first. At the time I am recording this, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson has still yet to sign anywhere. So if you're listening to this and Chauncey Gardner-Johnson has signed, I did not know about it. I'm hopeful that the Philadelphia Eagles are going to be able to bring him back. The safety market does not look like it is as high as some were hoping, especially Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. So that may mean there could be room to bring him back. And I think bringing him back is important in light of some of the losses. And we're going to get into those in a second. So let's first take a look at that Philadelphia offense because this is the easiest to look at. There hasn't been as much change as there's been on that defense. Good news right out of the gate. Jason Kelsey announces he is coming back for another season. He is not retiring. This is big on so many levels. Not only is Kelsey the best center in the league and continues to be the best center in the league, he's a leader. He's so big for that locker room and its culture. But from a player standpoint, this also allows the Eagles to have a little bit more flexibility on that offensive line. Isaac Sayamala, who is a free agent, has yet to sign anywhere else. It is not now a priority. I'd like to see them bring him back, but you don't have to bring him back. You have Cam Jurgens, who was drafted last year, to be Kelsey's replacement, who can slide over to guard. The kid has shown he has talent. So if Sayamala does walk in free agency, you still have Cam Jurgens that can move over. So with Jason Kelsey signing, that is a big deal. It also allowed the Eagles to let Andre Dillard, their former first-round draft pick, he walked in free agency. He goes to the Tennessee Titans on a three-year, $29 million deal. The Eagles were not going to pay that to him to stay. He was a little bit of a disappointment while he was here, partially because Jordan Maialata was just so good at left tackle. Dillard was never able to crack the lineup, so he goes to Tennessee. They also let Nate Herbig walk. Uh, He signs a small two-year, $8 million deal for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Not a huge loss, but the Eagles are going to have to bring in some depth at that offensive line. They always like to use draft picks on both sides of the line, so I won't be surprised if they use some of their late-round picks on offensive linemen and maybe sign a veteran or two, depending on how much money they have left on the cap. One of the changes, though, that did occur for the Eagles is in that backfield. Miles Sanders goes to the Carolina Panthers on a four-year, $25 million deal. Not shocking that he reunites with Deuce Staley. We all remember Deuce. We love Deuce. Miles Sanders had talked about how he is like a second father to him. So happy for Miles Sanders. He gets a lot of money. He gets four years, $25 million. But in today's NFL, as much as Miles Sanders played well this year, he stayed healthy all year, it just doesn't make sense to overpay for a running back. And with Miles Sanders moving on to Carolina, the Eagles make what I thought was a very low-risk, high-reward move. They signed former first-round draft pick Rashad Penny, who had played for six seasons with the Seattle Seahawks. This kid has a ton of talent, very, very talented. 
he averages throughout his career a 5.7 yards per carry average. To put that into perspective, Aaron Jones for the Green Bay Packers led the entire NFL last year at a 5.3 yards per carry average. Rashad Penny for his career is averaging 5.7. That is just wild. And you look at Miles Sanders, who the Eagles lose for his career, very respectable, but a five yards per carry average. So this kid, Rashad Penny, has a lot of talent. The issue with him has been health. In six years, he's only been able to stay healthy for 42 games. For you math wizards out there, that's only seven games a season. Well, when you're playing 17 games and the Eagles are hopefully playing 20 or 21 games because their goal is always to get to the Super Bowl, seven games for your running back just doesn't cut it. But it's a low-risk, high-reward move. They're only paying them one year, $1.35 million. They also make a very smart move, in my opinion, in bringing Boston Scott back at one year, $1.85 million. Boston Scott, every time that kid gets a chance, he produces, especially against the Giants. We all know that. But he's played very, very well. So when you look at that offense, I'm okay with the moves they made. You know, They still have a lot of playmakers on that team. And when you, when you look at the running backs, I talked about this on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and, and Twitter, and TikTok earlier in the week. I think Trey Sermon is a guy that you should look out for this year. I really, really think that there was a reason that the Philadelphia Eagles not only picked him up when the 49ers cut him last year, but they kept him on their active roster all year. What that means is they did not want to put him on the practice squad because they didn't want to risk another team swooping in and stealing Trey Sermon. So they did that for a reason. So now you go into the year. I don't think the Eagles are done, but as of right now, you go into the year with four running backs. You have Boston Scott, Rashad Penny, Kenny Gainwell, who had a great playoffs last year, and Trey Sermon. When you add up all of their salaries for 2023, it only totals $5.24 million. And then you look at what Miles Sanders is going to make for one year in Carolina, and it's $6.25 million. So in today's NFL, this made a lot of sense. You got four running backs for less money than what Miles Sanders was going to cost you. And I kind of like the mix of players that they have there. We know what Boston Scott is capable of. You know he can catch the ball out of the backfield. You know he's capable around that goal line of getting into that end zone. Then you bring in a Rashad Penny, who's a bruiser who is averaging, like I said, 5.7 yards a carry. Very, very explosive. The one area of Rashad Penny's game that I'm surprised of is he only has 27 receptions in six seasons. So this is not going to be a guy that's going to be your third down back. That's always been Kenny Gainwell. I think Kenny Gainwell gets an expanded role this year, but he'll still be your third down back. And then Trey Sermon has a lot of size. He seems like he's going to be a, a short yardage back, a bruiser. You know, so with those four guys, I feel good about where our offensive backfield is, especially when you got a guy like Jalen Hurts at the quarterback position running those RPOs and you have that offensive line creating the holes that they're creating. So with A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and Dallas Goddard and Jalen Hurts and those running backs, we still have a lot of talent. I would not be surprised to see the Eagles attempt to upgrade their wide receiver three position that Quez Watkins played last year. Now, everyone was really hopeful that Quez was going to take a big step forward last season. It didn't really happen, but they're not paying him a lot of money. So I don't think you'll see them move on from Watkins, but they may upgrade 
that third wide receiver position. Zach Pascal, as as much as I like the kid, I think he's a blocker. I think he's a good teammate. He's not up to that level either to really solidify that wide receiver three position. So we'll see what happens there. But where we had a lot of change was on the defensive side of the ball. You know, in addition to losing both coordinators, offensive and defensive coordinators, we knew the Eagles were going to lose a lot of defensive players. I mean, basically the entire starting defense were free agents. When you look at that defensive line, you had Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, Javon Hargrave. Those guys were free agents. I didn't think that there was a chance in hell that they'd be able to keep Javon Hargrave, and unfortunately, I was right. What surprised me, though, was the team that swoops in, the San Francisco 49ers, and they paid Javon Hargrave a ton of money. Four years, $84 million. Crazy amount of money. Eagles were never going to be able to match that. So Hargrave goes to San Francisco. You're going to have to see Milton Williams and Jordan Davis, their number one draft pick from last year, have to be ready to step up and solidify that position. That defensive line, that interior defensive line, being able to not only run stop, but be able to create interior pressure and collapse that pocket on quarterbacks is so important in the NFL. So hopefully Milton Williams and Jordan Davis are up to par. But what the Eagles do, I think, makes a lot of sense is they bring back Fletcher Cox. There were reports that Fletcher Cox was offered more money by the New York Jets. The Eagles bring him back on a one-year, $10 million deal. Makes a lot of sense. You know, I've been listening to some sports radio. A lot of fans are calling up angry that they brought Cox back, and I don't understand it at all. Yeah, he's getting up there in years, but the guy can still play. Last year, he had eight sacks. There were only five interior linemen that had more than him. But looking at the pressures, the Fletcher Cox had 25 quarterback pressures. That was fifth most in the league for interior linemen. And check this, it was more than Javon Hargrave had. So to be able to bring him back on a one-year $10 million deal makes a ton of sense, not only for the culture, not only for the locker room, but this is a guy that can still play that defensive tackle position. And you're going to need bodies. You're losing the Dominican Sue most likely. Linval Joseph is probably moving on. These were veterans you added late last year. You need some veterans in that room. You know, Milton Williams and Jordan Davis, they're young guys. I don't think Fletcher Cox is going to be your starter, but I, well, I shouldn't say he's not going to be your starter. On paper, he will probably be the starter, but he's not going to play a majority of the snaps. But this is a guy that move makes a lot of sense. And then you look at your, your defensive ends, you still have Josh Sweat. You still have who should have been the defensive player of the year, Hassan Reddick. And a surprise to a lot of people, Derek Barnett may be coming back. He is still under contract. He has not lived up to that first-round draft status that the Eagles drafted him in, but he's coming back. So that's another body that you have at that defensive end position. And the Eagles bring back Brandon Graham, another great guy for the culture of this team. He's probably going to set the record this year, knock on wood if he stays healthy, for the most games played by a Philadelphia Eagle, passing David Akers. And they bring him back on such a cheap deal, one year, $6 million. And just like Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham can still play. This guy had 11 sacks last year. And by paying him only $6 million, he's now the 35th highest paid defensive end in the league. 
and the guy was in the top 15 for sacks. So another very smart move. At this point in his career, he's a rotational player, but he can still rush the quarterback and he can still make a difference. So I'm fine with that defensive line. I think you'll see them make some additions, veterans. I'm sure they'll draft a player or two on that line. The issue, though, is the linebackers and what we thought was going to be the secondary. We'll get there in a second. Some crazy news in the secondary. But those linebackers, the Eagles lose both starting linebackers, Kazir White and TJ Edwards. Kazir White follows Jonathan Gannon to Arizona on a two-year, $10 million deal. And TJ Edwards goes to the Chicago Bears for three years, $19.5 million. Neither player got a ton of money, but clearly the Philadelphia Eagles continue to not value the linebacker position. They allow both of their starters to walk. I'm not as upset about Kazir White. Although he played well in the beginning of last year, I thought he really tailed off towards the end of the season. Did not think he had a great playoffs. But TJ Edwards was a guy that I really liked. He played over 94% of the snaps. He led the Eagles in tackles. He was in the top seven for the entire NFL in tackles. And he was also the play caller on that defense. So this was a kid who I thought was really growing into his own, who was going to become a leader on that team. But the Eagles let him walk. So now they have no starting linebackers on that roster. You have to hope, and I know everybody, the fans are excited about it, the Kobe Dean from Georgia, their draft pick from last season, let's hope he's ready to step in. But even still, you need another linebacker, probably two linebackers that are going to be able to play. So be on the lookout for Howie Roseman to sign a veteran to that position. You know, I don't think that'll happen anytime soon. They may wait to, to this first wave of free agency goes to try to get a linebacker for cheap. And I don't think they use one of their high draft picks because they just don't like to use high draft picks on linebackers. But we'll see what they do because they have to do something. Then you move back into the secondary. Some crazy news, a roller coaster ride. Let's first take a look at that cornerback position. I did not think there would be a possibility that they could bring back both James Bradbury and Big Play Slay. And somehow Howie Roseman pulls it off. So news breaks that the Eagles signed James Bradbury to a three-year, $38 million deal. Only the 15th highest paid corner in the league for annual price per year. And I mean, he's a second team all pro. So that's a great deal for the Eagles. Bradbury said he took a little bit less money to come back to Philadelphia. I probably didn't, he probably didn't give up a ton of money to come back, but I'm sure there were some bigger offers out there and he decides to come back to Philly. And when news broke of that, it became clear after the Eagles had granted Darius Slay permission to seek a trade, and then they signed Bradbury, it seemed there was no way that Slay was coming back. And then it gets released to the media by both the Eagles and Slay that they're going to part ways and that the Eagles are planning on releasing Slay with a post-June 1st cut designation, which would have saved them about $17 million against the cap this year. Well, late last night, I'm laying in bed and I'm on Twitter and it starts going ablaze that Slay may be coming back. And I don't know if you, if you guys are on Twitter, you should follow not only Big Play Slay, but follow his wife, Jennifer Slay, very big on social media, loves Philadelphia. And she was posting like crazy as well. And then it finally comes out that the Eagles and Slay have agreed for him to come back. Now, the details of a new contract haven't been leaked, but somehow... Howie Roseman is bringing back James Bradbury and Darius Slay 
to this secondary. You mix in slot corner, Avanti Maddox, their nickel corner, and the Eagles may have one of the best trios in the NFL at that cornerback position. Big if, Avanti Maddox needs to stay healthy. He has not been able to stay healthy, but when he does, the kid is a stud. I'm hopeful, though, that the signing of Bradbury and Slay does not result in the Eagles avoiding that position in the draft. I still think they should draft a young corner. From all accounts, this is a very deep draft when it comes to the cornerback position. I would love to see them use one of their first-round draft picks. If Witherspoon is there at 10, that kid is a flat-out stud. We'll talk more about the draft and his approaches, but you know, with Slay and Bradbury, Slay's 32, Bradbury's 30, as good as they are, we're going to start to see them decline. So it makes sense to bring in a corner now, especially in a draft where that's very, very deep at the cornerback position. You then move over to the safety position, and there's some question marks here. The Eagles let Marcus Epps walk. He signs a two-year, $12 million deal with the Las Vegas Raiders. Surprised they didn't bring him back, only because... He didn't get a ton of money. He played all 20 games last year on the one of the best defenses in the NFL, but they let him walk. I was, I'm was i hopeful, like I said, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson hasn't signed yet, so I'm hopeful that by letting Epps walk that they know something that they can bring back Chauncey Gardner-Johnson because as of right now, the only safety that I have any confidence in on that Eagles roster is undrafted rookie Reed Blankenship, you know, he played well when he had a step in, but he is not a stud. You know, this is a young kid. He was undrafted for a reason. You know, he can play well in a secondary where he's the weak link, but he can't be the only starter we have coming back. So I'm hopeful Howie Roseman is going to work his magic and bring back Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. And if he does that, I'm completely, completely happy with the way that this free agency went. If you can bring back Chauncey Gardner-Johnson and you've maintained pretty much your entire offense and now the only real player you're losing on defense that's an absolute playmaker is Javon Hargrave, I'm okay with that. You know, you have your secondary intact with Bradbury, Slay, Avante Maddox, Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, Reed Blankenship. You know, your defensive line, you're losing Hargrave, but you're going to hopefully make that up. I think you're going to see Milton Williams and Jordan Davis take a big leap next year. And then you have your linebackers. We're going to have to figure out, can the Kobe Dean play? And you're going to have to bring in a veteran or two to solidify that position. But all in all, in light of what was facing the Eagles with the salary cap position they were in and with the amount of free agents that they had, I think you have to view this free agency as a success for Howie Roseman and the Philadelphia Eagles. And you look at that NFC. You look at that NFC. There are no elite quarterbacks outside of Jalen Hurts in that NFC. And I, I did a video on our social medias, on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, and Facebook, about Jalen Hurts being the only elite quarterback in the NFC. And there were so many people killing me saying, how can you call Jalen Hurts elite after one season? First of all, it's not after one season. We've seen the growth in this kid. He played four games as a rookie. I was high on him after those four games. He had a pretty good first season as a starter, and we've just continued to see him grow. And if you watched those games last year, this kid is elite. And if you all you had to do was watch that Super Bowl, 
mean, what he did in that Super Bowl, even Patrick Mahomes acknowledges this kid is the real deal. So I stand by my comment. Jalen Hurts is the only elite quarterback left in the NFC. You go down the list with Aaron Rodgers being traded. Hopefully, well, that hasn't been official yet, but looks like it is that he's going to get traded to the Jets. And you have Tom Brady retiring. There's nobody else in the NFC that is elite right now. There's guys that have potential. You know, I think Justin Fields, if he takes a leap forward in his throwing ability, then you may see him make you know, kind of the same leap Jalen Hurts made. He has the potential. You know, Matt Stafford, when he's healthy, I actually think Jared Goff is a really good quarterback. But outside of those guys, I mean, you just have good or average quarterbacks with Kirk Cousins and Dak Prescott and Daniel Jones. You know, Jacoby Brissett looks like he's going to be the starter for the commanders now. So with the NFC quarterback situation the way it is, and with the Eagles offense as good as they are, there is no reason that we can't go into this season expecting that they should, at the very least, make it to the NFC Championship game again. But man, is this exciting. I absolutely love this time of year. I mean, really, the NFL, it's become an entire 365-day sport because there's just always stuff going on. But guys, I say this every week, and please, you'd really be helping us out. If you like the podcast, if you like the videos, be sure to like, follow, subscribe, share. Check us out on all the social media platforms. I mean, we do the podcast weekly, but we're posting daily to Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, legal hands to the face on all your favorite platforms, and we'll keep coming with the content. Next week, next week, I have my good buddy from college who's a Giants fan. He was my quarterback in college, Jersey Joe. He's going to be joining the podcast so him and I can debate all about the moves that the Giants made and the Eagles made and why each one of us feels our team's going to win the NFC East. So that should be a lot of fun. Joe's very, very knowledgeable, actually serves as an offensive coordinator at his uh, local high school in North Jersey. But he's a big Giants fan, and he's real high on Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley and then bringing in Darren Waller from the Raiders. So him and I are going to debate it next week. So be sure to be on the lookout for that podcast. Guys, as always, appreciate you listening. And go birds.